Hey everybody, it's Richard's Mountain Bike Show and I've got another treat for you. I am chatting with a guy, if you haven't heard of him, you probably should have, it's Graham Foote. And I am Graham's, well, Lair is probably the best way to describe <laughs> it. Um, it's what I would imagine a Bond villain who was really into bikes would have. Um, it's his garage at his house, he's invited me in, we're gonna chat about a project. Um, if you don't know Graham, um, he has been a mountain biker for 35 years. He set up his first shop in 1992. He's been designing bikes since 1992, and he's also an accomplished rider. Graham has raced cross country and downhill, and I think he was even the veteran downhill champ in 1996. On top of that, he set up a Slam 69 bike shop. And if you're anywhere near Gloucester, you've got to pop in and see the guys there. Mostly because he's not there anymore. He's pottering around in his shed. But thankfully, his granddaughter runs it, Millie. And it's a wonderful shop. And it's my local bike shop. So that's the intro. I'm going to say hello to Graham. And the reason we're doing the podcast today is because Graham, in addition to his love of fat bikes, has a brand new project. It's the sort of thing most of us aspire to. He wants to build and design a new bike. So let's get chatting about that. It's Richard's Mountain Biking Show. Graham, hello, welcome. Hi, Richard. So what did I miss? That was, that was a hell of an introduction, wasn't it? <laughs> that was, yeah, it was not too bad, actually. I'll pay you later. Fantastic. Um, Graham. What did I miss out? I mean, your, 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 your background to this stuff is really quite spectacular time in the industry. Uh, did I miss anything out? Um, a few things, I suppose. Details, but, you know, how long have we got? <laughs> yeah. Well, what I know for, for the listeners, I know Graham because Graham is a massive fan of fat bikes. Um, much of his racing career or, or his, his professional career uh, with bikes has been about fat bikes. When did you start getting into fat bikes out of interest? Fat bikes about seven or eight years ago. Okay. Um, yeah. And you put up a brand for that. And we're going to have a podcast, if you don't mind, we're going to have a podcast about fat bikes because you are the undisputed <laughs> expert uh, and, and font of all knowledge on this. But this is slightly different. I saw on your YouTube channel, which mm. is Graham Foot Bicycle Lover. Is that right? That's it, yeah. Okay. Um, I saw, watched the last couple of videos, you've decided to design a brand new bike. So what's the bike for? What's, what's the vision? So basically... Um... Fat bikes started me on this journey, and along that journey, we started getting in, or the world seems to have got into bike packing, and I have got the bug, and um, so I've been using various bikes for bike packing. I've got my own bikes, obviously, and I'm always, whenever I'm out riding, constantly thinking, oh, what I could do with this, or I could do with that. This isn't quite right. Um, so I've decided to go from the ground up and build my per for me my perfect bike packing frame. Um, so yeah, I've started doing that. I've set up, I've done a started a series on YouTube on my channel about the progress of it, and um, that's basically what it's about. Okay, I mean, I tell you what, it's you, you say it so casually. I've decided <laughs> to design a frame. I mean, for I mean, I'm sure lots and lots of people would like to design a frame. I mean, we're talking about when you when you first so you, so you've designed frames before. You've done fat bike design. Your company Smokestone makes a variety of bikes that you've designed. Um, so. Is it important that you've got contacts in wherever it is in the Far East for stuff to be made? I mean, you know, presumably you've got a bit of a head start on average Joe who wants to design a bike. Yeah, I mean, going back slightly further than that, when I first made my first ever frame, it was on a farm local with a lad and we knocked up a prototype. Um, my father was a technical illustrator, so I had some sort of background on okay. paper of designing things and drawing stuff on a, on a, on a um, drawing board. So I'm very, very old school. 
Yeah. Um, I can't use CAD stuff. I've just I've never got into it. So everything I do is on paper and real size so you can sort of work out where things work and all the rest of it so i did a, a mountain bike years ago called a big uh, bigfoot which sort of comes from my name foot. <laughs> so um being tall as well and so, very shaggy uh, yes yeah. very very very. yeah i seem to fit the image of a bigfoot if you saw graham wandering through the forest of dean there would be just sasquatch uh, sightings throughout the press yeah it's been mentioned um <laughs> so, okay so so it's kind of old school and i presume your design thing and, and i don't know whether whether you you listened or anybody else listened to the interview i did with um with gary fisher chatting about his old school days and his guys a bit like you were back in the day trying stuff out they would put various bits together they would see what works yeah. see what didn't yeah. work so you had a very similar attitude like so, yeah yeah i mean my first i started mountain biking in about 85 first race in 80 january 88 on a rally and the first thing i did when i rode the bike was clog up with mud so okay. I, so immediately i thought this is just ridiculous so i was looking around for a bike that would, would cater for mud ended up designing my own um cool and it was an east day bike and all the rest of it which is um the, anyway i won't go into details but anyway it was a slightly unusual design but it worked and we had a little mini race team and all the rest of it so that was all and, I, and that frame was made in malvern in a chicken shed we used to actually produce our own aluminium mountain bike frames in the uk in a chicken shed that um, is quite. That is quite. I mean, the fact that you're wearing, you know, sort of a, a, a plaid shirt. I just imagine you in dungarees. If you want, if, if anyone's listening, and you don't know what Graham looks like. There was no banjos involved. I was, I was, well, I was just going to say, it's like old school. You imagine you to be somewhere in a shed wearing blue overalls, while sort of you know sucking on the end of a pipe and going, oh well, you know. Um, so it was proper old school design, and you yeah. went through that iteration. Yeah. Let Let's jump a little bit back to this project because this project is bike packing yeah. and i have confessed to you before i can't imagine anything bloody worse than i i just i i get it's such becoming such a popular thing and people ride big distances and it is the absolute epitome as far as i can tell from all the cycling disciplines about function over form you can have pretty bikes you can have you know, racing you're looking at weight weenies or this that and the other but it's fundamentally guys who are out in the wilderness you have to have components or or stuff with you that mm. will, will stop you dying. Sort of, yeah. I mean, bike packing. I think bike packing is like how can I put it? It's like um, the cycling version of fishing. So anyone can have a go with any bike, and you know you don't need top end stuff. You can take anything, your own bike, strap a backpack on, and go and sleep in the woods. Yep. You know, um, find a secluded place because you're not actually supposed to sleep in the woods, <laughs> but you've got to hide away basically, which is even more fun. So, um, or you can use campsites, you know. You're just, you're but, just describing um, someone on the run from the police at this stage. But, yeah. but it's, the, the essence of it is you're away on your own yep. most of the time. Most people tend to do this solo. Um, you're, own, you're, own, you're just wandering off with your thoughts in your head and you can drift away and cycle to wherever you want to go. As far as you want, you can go round the corner and pitch in the woods or you can go all day off to some distance. So, so it's classically, land. it's the experience yeah. that, that, you, that you want to, yeah. to... So what's... Yeah, you you've recently you're a big fat fat bike fan, whatever. You've recently done some more bike packing. I followed a couple of your adventures, some big rides, etc. Yeah. So what was it about your existing bikes that you were using for bike packing that you thought I need something different? So basically most uh bike packing kit comes in a certain setup. So it tends to be a bag on the front, on a bar bag, um, some sort of frame bag and a seat pack bag 
uh, on the rear. Basically, the difference between bikepacking and touring, bikepacking tends to be more off, definitely more off-road. Okay. So you want a narrower bike so you don't collide with everything. Having bags on panniers, you tend to hit things. You're too wide. Plus, okay. aer aerodynamics comes into it if you want to race, because a lot of people race bikepacking now. But the, the issue I've had is I want to run a dropper on my bike. I'm a mountain biker, and I'm used okay. to dropper seat posts. I tend to want to ride mainly off-road, and I don't want to have to walk. I hate walking. So come to a, a descent, at the moment, with a fixed seat post, you're over the back of the saddle hitting the seat pack. Right, okay, yeah. So one of the reasons uh, one of the reasons that I've decided to do this new bike is I want to get away from having a seat pack on the seat post. So it's just coming up with some um, method of stowing the, the other luggage off a seat post. So that's one part. The other part is I've got a bit of an issue with weight on a bike. So I try to keep the weight as low as possible in the frame. Okay, yeah. the bottom bracket. So water storage is another issue. So it's just basically those sort of things. Um, so working was... working backwards up. So that's really interesting. So so one of the issues is so for bike packing, as you rightly say, there is a the more adventurous spirit rather than touring. You're going to be off road. You're yeah. going to be hitting. And one of the bugbears you've got for this is, I mean, I'm just the biggest fan of dropper posts in the world ever. Getting that out of the way yeah. for it gives you more confidence. You know, when going downhill. So again, it makes the bike. It opens up new terrain because yeah. there's certain terrain where if you couldn't drop your your yeah. saddle, you're going over the bars. It's that steep or it's that rocky, etc. Just just so with this bike, let's work work up from the ground. What typically when I see touring bikes, they're effectively adapted as near as I can tell road bikes that are a bit more hefty. Um, so what sort of tire size are we looking at? Because I saw in your video you were designing your own wheel set as well, or you've got your your own yeah, um, yeah. rims yeah. delivered. So so what what do you think in this brand new bike? What do you think is the optimum wheel and tire size? In the great world of bike packing, which tends to come from the states where gravel is everywhere, yeah, you they tend to run um, I don't know, a 35, 40 mil tire and put up with the punishment, rigid forks and all the rest of it. But in the UK, things tend to be a little rougher, to put it mildly. Yeah. And you've got the mud to contend with and all the rest of it. And the events that we've, uh, or I've seen, um, we help a guy out called Andy Deacon, who did GB Duro, which is probably the hardest okay, um, yeah. bike packing event in the country, a race. And he did it on his fat bike. And the only reason he didn't do better than he did, he came fourth. The only reason he wasn't higher up is he slept more. Um, it's basically it was one on sleep sleep deprivation. So um, again, why why do people but this, do this? This oh. is racing, you know. It's yeah, not, okay. I'm not really. That's not where I'm going. But um, yeah, Andy loves it, and that's you know. Anyway, so um, slightly going back to tire sizes, the reason I've I've got an obsession with uh, value for money, versatility, getting the most out of what you've got. Yeah, okay. I don't like to be limited when I ride my bike. So when I, I mean, it stems from getting a mountain, a fat bike, to be honest, because before that I was quite happy with a 2.3 tire. Getting a fat bike opened up a world of opportunity as to where you can ride. Yeah. It took me back to the days when I first bought a mountain bike. So the original mountain bike was called an ATB or all-terrain bicycle. <laughs> awesome. Well, it actually wasn't an all-terrain bicycle because it wouldn't ride over all-terrain. Yeah. Whereas a fat bike will. So it is the ultimate and, and I think I think that it opened up a new world. Yeah. Again, it's fascinating. I'm reading, reading, sort of touching going back to the Gary Fisher. Most of his mates, they yeah. designed the, you know, they created a mountain bike simply because the bikes they were using, they wanted to go and ride in the mountains. Yeah. 
and they couldn't because yeah. the bikes would not handle it. They couldn't climb. They didn't have the gear in there. So yeah. it was it was sort of the mother of invention out of necessity. It was okay. Let's get a bike. What's the best bike to open yeah. up a whole yeah. new world? And I've got to say, you know, you made me a convert of fat bikes. Um, and I totally get. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do. I'm gonna rage on for an hour in a different podcast about how much <laughs> I love fat bikes. But when you ride a fat bike, one, they're more capable. They're quicker than people think they are. There isn't yeah. the drag. Yeah. You can go over anything. And fundamentally, it is like jumping on a bike when you're a seven-year-old with your mates and going, yeah. "This is hilarious." Yeah, it's fun. Fat bikers smile, smile more than any <laughs> other cyclist I've ever seen, and you can hold me to that. So, so okay. So your bike design, you're working up. You were thinking it's got to have a frame, it's got to have components, wheels, etc. So, do you think? Um, so, what have you settled on? What 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 rims and? So basically, what I've, I'm going down the same thing again. I need to have something that's multi-purpose. Will I don't need to have two bikes. I want one bike that will do it all. Yeah. Do anything bike packing wise. So I've gone down the road of a fat bike frame. Um, there's two versions of, believe it or not, there's two versions of a fat bike frame. There's it's basically down to the real axle width. Yeah. Um, basically, there's two axle widths. It started off as one seven seven. Sorry, sorry. It started off as one seventy. But then that's split into one nine seven, so you can get a bigger tire in the back. So if you ride on snow, you want the biggest tire as possible. We're not riding on snow, so we do make a 197 fat bike, but the one I'm going for is the narrower version, the 177, so it'll take a four-inch tyre with plenty of space around the tyre, yeah. but it will also run a 29 plus. So I want to be able to run a 29 by three-inch tyre or smaller, depending on what you're doing. And, yeah. you know, if I'm going to run, if I'm going to go and ride uh, a mainly tarmac event, then I don't want great big tyres. You know, I can just manage with a 2.3 or a 2-inch tyre or something like that. I'm basically working around now uh, 29 by 3. Okay, as with, an optimum. Yeah. yeah, with the option to run 26 by 4 fat bike wheels. So the bike will do both. Uh, and actually, for the... I know it's more... But that bike... So you've got you've got to kind of um, manage to the, the extreme. So it's got the frame. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, realistically, people talk about fat bikes as if there's some completely alien topic it's not it's just a mountain bike just, yeah. whether it's a whether it's a rigid mountain bike a hardtail or a full sus mountain bike that happens to have been designed to accommodate fat yeah, bikes the slightly bigger tires bigger tires and yeah. that's all we're talking about yeah. um so so this this vision you've got for this bike is it could easily handle a 29.3 which is a big tire um yeah. but also could have a more traditional 26 4.0 tire yeah so that actually, there's nothing you're going to face really in this country or anywhere else where that tyre couldn't then roll over it and, and yeah. get you from A I to mean, B. If, if you're going to go off, I mean, I've ridden a fat bike up in the Lake District and it's absolutely amazing. It's like a limpet on rocks. Yeah. You can ride up and down anything. Actually, yesterday, I've been testing out my new bike with 29 or 3 on, three tyres. Uh, and there's a, um, a steep, rocky gully near us called um, Watery Lane. And... Um, Due to the drought, there is no water there. But anyway, that's the first time it's ever been dry, I think. But um, it's really loose and rocky and steep. And um, I actually stopped and couldn't ride for a couple... I had to put my foot down and dab twice running on 29 by 3s Yesterday, I rode it on fat bike wheels. I could ride anywhere. You had to actually, dab. I'm ashamed of you. It's the first time, I think, in years. This, I've this actually... could, let's, let's get a time check. This could be the end of our friendship. I mean, this, this is shocking. But man. yesterday, I was I just rode it. I thought I'd just go and do a loop up around Watery Lane over the you know, over our local, it's, uh, it's called the Beacon, and back down again. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. I'm cheating now. I've got these, I've actually got 4.8 tyres on this other bike. 
And I love it. I didn't even look where I was riding. You know, there's rocks and loose rocks and gullies and, and, and I just pedal and... And what PSI? I mean, again, for for those who aren't fat bike riders, when we, when Graham's about to tell you what PSI he runs <laughs> in them, you've got to remember um, that actually the the bigger the volume, the lower the yeah, so so the t- ten PSI on a fat bike tire is nearer to what you would put twenty five PSI or whatever in yeah. your in your two point three. Yeah. So yeah. so what so with the with the twenty um, twenty nine three tires, roughly what what is your sort of kind of default? 29.3s are about 20 psi, 18 to 20 psi. Okay, for a, oh, that's okay. That's quite a lot. Okay, so for a, and then, for a three inch, for a three inch tire, and then when you go down to the 4.0 tire, oh, you're looking what, at six. Six. Okay. Six to eight, something like that. I mean, I, I've gone again. We're going to do a fat bike podcast. I've yeah. I've now become a convert uh, after Graham shaking his head at me <laughs> so many times. It became embarrassing when he when he sort of fond fondles my rear tire and then gives me that look of you know you you really should be running lower psi and and it's true and yeah. actually. You don't lose a lot in traction. Sorry, you you gain so much in traction. You yeah. don't lose an awful lot in no. in speed or or, or drag. Mm. Okay, so you've settled on the the wheel set. So the bike's got to be designed to accommodate. So it's going to be one seven seven at the back, which still enables you to easily get a four point tire in. Yeah. Uh, on the front, where are you going with the forks? And let me let me just at this stage <laughs> not influence you in any way shape or form as the exclusive uk distributor of ren force for you to for your next well, just, answer just just to, just to let everybody know we won't be fitting those at all so <sighs> such a bastard <laughs> so i gave him i gave him one job listeners i gave him one i've written it on a bloody bit of paper he still won't say it but, so so um what what's the idea is the idea that uh, in all seriousness that it's going to be uh, it's going to have suspension on the front or is it going to be rigid it's it's uh designed to take rigid or suspension up to 120 mil when when people come in the shop and say or or, or come to you and say you know when, when it's finally built and say hey great that this bike seems to be perfect for bike packing um you offer a range of forks with it you've you've yeah. you so you've, you've specifically designed it so it will take a number of forks in the marketplace yeah. and and the market leading rent forks uh, the number of <laughs> forks in the in the marketplace if someone said to you what do you recommend it coming with do you yeah. do, you, do you think front suspension rather than rigid um, is that your default do you think or your recommendations we say i would say right the first thing is basically that find out what sort of riding they're going to do what what's, okay, what's their thing you know are they mainly a trail where are they in the country you know what sort of thing are you going to want to one anywhere or are you just a trail you know whatever um obviously they can adapt they can buy another wheel set if they, if they find they want to do other stuff but the 29 by 3 is very very versatile uh or 29 by 2.6 actually um is super super versatile and extremely popular now um so forks wise, if you're, I've, I've fitted a set of fat bike forks, suspension forks to the, to the bike I've got, basically because I haven't got to worry about then swapping forks out if I change my wheel set. Yeah. But if you're the sort of person who thinks, um, I'm never going to run fat bike wheels, um, I'm just going to use this bike with 29 by threes, you could fit a boost suspension fork on the front, which um, there's quite a few around now, um, or you can just put a rigid fork on. Advantages of a rigid fork is you've got mounts on the fork legs, so you can strap cages on the front and all the rest of it and increase your carrying capacity. Um, also, I will mention this. I'm, I'm, gr- I'm, Come on, I'm, I'm grinning. I'm grinning. I'm grinning. I'm grinning. Unbiased. At him, unbiased. <laughs> if you fit wrens, the top of the wren fork, because the fork's upside down, don't move. On you know with a normal fork, you've got the lowers bouncing up and down. 
Um, so if you put a cage on, they're going to get rattled around a lot more. If you set a set of rins, then the cage is not is a lot less likely to get bashed around because the lower stanchion is moving, not the top. So yeah, it has a big advantage, and I've got a set of rens here which I will be fitting at some let, point. Let me, that, oh, God, which bless has him. nothing to do with um... bless bless him. Oh my God, you, you can't see this, but a fiver has just changed hands. And uh, well, um, I actually got these forks before you did podium sports. Actually, that's true. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. But um, I mean, again, it's quite interesting looking at. I'm I'm so new to the the bike packing world, and it's fascinating. There are a couple of guys I know we both follow. Um, uh, in the states, yeah, um, Ryan Van Duzer yeah. and 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 there's a, these guys, Amira, the the dog, yes. uh, and 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 John, and it's like it's just wonderful. And of course, a lot of them, as you say, the inverted port uh, fork. It's a slight sales pitch. Actually, you can still strap stuff to it, yeah. and all yeah. and all all the vibration, everything, all the suspension is happening right at the bottom, out of the way. Yeah. So so these guys can. Add a huge amount of volume. I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop. He's giving me that special look, everybody. He's, he's giving, Whose he's giving podcast me, is this? This is this is sponsored by Podium Sports. The exclusive. <laughs> I, I try to get Kevin Wren, Kevin Wren, to do a deal where he just sent me a dollar every time I mention uh, Wren in in a podcast. But um, okay, so we've kind of worked our way up. So the the. I understand the wheels. Other forks are available. The other forks are available. <laughs> other lesser forks are available. So actually it's been designed so effectively people can, depending on their riding style, choose whichever forks yeah. they like to put on it. Yeah, one other, one other point. Um, I mentioned quite a while ago about mud clearance. And that is, well, there's two reasons why, actually I haven't touched on these, two reasons why I've gone fat bike as well as the, yeah, two reasons why I've gone fat bike is, Mud clearance, obviously, if you run a 29.3, you've got oodles of space around the rear tyre. Yeah. So that is really important. The amount of times I've seen, even Ryan Van Duzer in the States, people doing Tour Divide, pushing their bikes absolutely clogged solid oh, yeah. with what they call peanut butter mud in the States. Over here, it's just mud. Um, you know, if you, lived, if you live in Wiltshire, you, you, you're grind to a halt with the mud. It's so sticky. So that is one massive advantage of running a frame with lots of clearance, which is absolutely why i'm sticking with a fat bike frame the other one is um i mentioned water carrying on a fat bike the bottom bracket's wider so it's 100 mil wide instead of 60 yep. 73 so your cranks are wider apart slightly um which then means you've got space in between the crank you've got more room in between the cranks than you would have on a, a traditional bike packing bike or gravel bike and i think i said in your or saw in your video that of course in, and it's the right place to yeah. put weight yes it's, exactly. It makes the bike more balanced. Or I mean, e-bikes, they say, oh, well, e-bikes ride is because they're all the weight smack in the middle, you know, um, and all the rest of it. So um, We don't mention the e-word on this podcast. <laughs> I do, I do apologise. Yes, sir. I do a job apologise. <laughs> yeah. So actually, so part of it, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, worth, that's worth sort of going over that point. So effectively, mud clearance is when you're, when you're fully loaded, the, the amount of time or the least amount of time you spend pushing your bike because yeah. your is, is worth its weight in gold. And also, actually, for storage at the right point for big canteens of water. I mean, a lot, a lot of these guys, I know you sort of said people will do different trips. It's like most things, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not yeah, have it. So, yeah. actually, if you're carrying water, which mm. weighs a, a, mm. a huge amount, to have it in the frame or have it at the, at the base... It's, it's a far more stable, stable yeah. platform. Yeah. So, that's okay, that's a really... So, that's why you've kind of, after all your experience, gone... The foundation of the bike is a fat bike yeah, frame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything I've designed, everything I've done bike-wise, um, has always been around a purpose rather than. Yeah. I like it to look good. I love it to look nice and aesthetic, but it's always got to, you know, it's got to perform 
it's got to offer the you know um, the things that you want basically, not just oh it's a nice bike and yeah. I'll put up with the other stuff. Well, I think one of the beauties of designing your own bike is actually you're calling the shots. If you yeah. want, if you want the bike to have a certain characteristic, what well, it bloody can because you yeah. put it down on a bit of paper. Yeah. Okay, so we worked out we got the we got the tires, um, we got the suspension options, and we worked our way up. We got a wider bottom bracket, so that just is hugely practical in terms of weight distribution or centered weight distribution. So working our way back up, you mentioned dropper post. Hmm. So again, what are the characteristics of this bike you're designing? So it will have a dropper. Um, so I'm basically, at the moment, I'm really torn between having a, all the frames will come with mounts for a rear pannier rack, but I am torn between having a welded part of the frame rack on the back, basically okay. to eliminate, eliminate anything coming loose um, to try and keep the actually weight having down. actually having it as part of so rather part than add of on, the frame so the frame will yeah. come so more like a uh, barrow bikes or whatever they call them. well there's cargo I've got a cargo car bike cargo that's bike here but I want it to look this is why I'm torn I have, I can't I'm right on this this week I have to make a decision as to what I'm going to do um, if I, I was it, smarter I could work out a way for the audience to like vote on something but uh, <laughs> we may have to do that. <laughs> But uh, some people say, no, 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 don't do that. It's going to look ridiculous. And then others go, I don't care what it looks like. It's got to function. You know, it's got to do this and it's got to do that. Because um, there's a lot of, I've got a rack and I bolted it on to do an event not so long ago. But it added a lot of weight. Um, it looked a bit Heath Robinson. So I want it, because we make a, uh, the frames that I'm talking about are made of titanium. Right. Um, we, we make them out of titanium because we can do one-offs. If I go and buy something out of aluminium, I have to buy a container load. I haven't got room for 20 containers of all these actually, different versions to, of a frame. I, and I, I then want to talk to you, actually, when we, when we do the design, yeah. I want to talk to you about you know, the actual sort of practicality sure. of getting stuff done. So, so okay, well, do you know what? this is fascinating. So let's help you make that decision, you know, if you've got to make it this way. So what's the, what's the pros for having, uh, having it fitted? If you have it welded as part of the bike, You've got nothing to come loose, as I say. It can. It tends to be lighter, yeah. And it will also look um, intended. Yeah, intended and more, more pleasing to the eye. I hope. Um, and also, I suppose color coded, depending on what frame, whatever else. Yeah. If, someone, if you ordered an orange one, etc. The whole. Well, that's bike... titanium. It's not painted, Richard. Oh, so, oh, you so do not for... paint titanium, Richard. I would. Have you not seen my hydro <laughs> no. dipping of a helmet? You'd be shot. <laughs> I, I, oh, helmet, that's different. Well, no, no, yeah, but I, I've sorted it. I'll just get a windy bin. I can, dip, I, can, I, can, I, can dip, I can hydro dip anything, mate. Um, so, oh, so it's a raw, so it'll be raw. Um, yeah, titanium's always raw. Okay. Otherwise you get shot if someone sees you. The purists will have you. But anyway. Do you know what? I like actually, learning I, new I, stuff. I have had a half-painted titanium frame from Salsa. So its front was painted and the rear wasn't. I'm but, sure I've um, seen that bike, yeah, yeah where it's, where it's yeah, split. Yeah. There. Okay, so it would be integrated. So again, you've got no, you haven't got like, bolt heads so the, the, no that, and it'll be a little sleeker so and because what you've got to take into account is when you take everything off this bike you'd like to be able to continue to use it and not be laughed at and it look a bit stupid and ugly so i've got to come up with a design that looks good when there's when you're not bike packing and you still want to use your bike can the can the or i just put a pannier on it and be done with it can the rack uh, if the rack is part of the bike hmm. can it be can it be slicker, less yes, weight? Yes. Can it can it be more aerodynamic than if a bolt on? Yeah. So actually, you can kind of make it look really cool. I mean, let's hey, let's let's be creative here. We're in this wonderful mm. man shed. I mean, my God, I'm, I'm, I keep looking up because there are bike bits about to garrot me if they come off the or you know, <laughs> you know fall off the roof, etc. Um, 
you know, traditional design, could it could it be massively over the top? Could it have a big fin out the back? I mean, mm. you know, can you can you make it so it's a, like an artistic type thing? Um, I'm, I'm not going mad with it. It's got to look uh, purposeful. It's got to look neat and um, and match the rest of the whole bike. So, so, the, so, the, so the upside is that it's going to be lighter, it's going to be stronger because it's part of the yeah, frame. Yeah. The downside of that um, is actually that you just think when there's nothing on it, yeah. you can't just take it off. So you're kind of committed to that's what the bike's going to look like. Yeah. So the important thing is I've got to make this bike look good naked, Yeah. basically, Yeah. Um, as well as be functional. So that's, that's, the, that's, the, um, that's the thing I've got to get around. Um, other thing I'm doing is I'm raising the top tube because all of the fat bikes we've made are made for basically my my first or my um, intention when I designed my first fat bike was to make a fat UK trail bike. Okay. So I'm not we don't have that much snow. We're not aiming at a market that does snow. So uh, the UK market is slack slack a head angle, um, hardtail fun bike. So that's where it all started. So it's got a low top tube. We've got actually got a kink in the top tube to lower it. But the new bike will have a straight top tube, slightly higher to give you a bigger triangle to put stuff in it. So basically, because most fat bike stuff gets fitted inside the front triangle. Yeah. So if you run a frame bag, you can run a much bigger capacity frame bag. And you can also run a wider frame bag, which is another thing I wanted to mention. Okay. Because of the bottom bracket width. So at the bottom, you can have the bag slightly wider than you normally would. Aiding, again, more capacity in the right place. Um, but so, yeah, the top tube will be straight, higher. Um, yeah. And there'll be more bolt mounts, uh, bag mounts. You can actually bolt bags on there. So there'll be mounts for that as well. With the, what are the considerations with the geometry in terms of... This is almost going to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. the, the, I'm going to say that the geometry of the slack head angle, I'm not sure what that means, but I've heard other people talk about it. So. Yeah, I mean, I was I, obviously, when you're designing stuff, you can't just stick your head in the sand and go, I'm going to do this. You have to listen to everybody, really try and pick up on what other people are doing what other brands are doing are things successful what what basically what riders feedback is on a brand they might be sponsored by somebody but why aren't they riding it anymore you know um so you you pick brains um it's good having andy involved in uh smokestone and obviously i've got other people involved as well who are doing stuff uh, there's a chap called dave alderson who just rode the north cap 4000 in horrendous weather conditions on one of our bikes um he's given me a load of feedback on a fixed rear pannier rack. So, so I guess when you're talking about because this this bike, you know, one, one bike to rule them all, one mm. bike to do it all, etc. People's expectation with a dropper post or whatever else, you kind of want a a more modern slacker head angle simply because it pushes the wheel out, and when you're going down steep stuff, ish. It's more Some people, I mean, I spoke to one chap and he said, yes, go slacker, longer front triangle, much like a lot of the um, modern hardtails. And I spoke to other people, and they said, "Well, if you go slack and you put weight on the front, it becomes harder to steer the bike." Uh, yeah. So yeah. we've I stuck with um, a sixty-eight degree head angle, so I'm sort of in the middle somewhere, um, and not gone too mad on the front uh, front top tube length. Um, I found, and everyone who's found who's ridden our bikes already, so why would you want to change it? They love it. Yeah, it's very good. good. So I've basically just slightly tweaked the the um, the angle of the seat tube slightly lengthen the top tube oh, not very much very much just to give it that little bit more versatility but we can also if somebody else was was you know i'm obviously like i said i'm building this frame for myself yeah but if other people like it and want to try it we can um we can make them to whatever so so um in terms of do you know i just thought of a semi-intelligent question this is going to freak steady, him out steady 
You should see the. You can't see the haunted look on Graham's face, but it's probably worth it. I should almost take a photo of this. But so, we, you you've got the the wheel sizes. We've got the twenty nine. Are you going to make the range from small up to extra large? Yes. When it is a small, does it still come with a twenty nine? Um, yes. Some twenty nine bikes, when you have a small size, look. Comedic is the nicest way of doing yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, you've got I, uh, the luxury of what I do is you can say, "Oh, I don't want a twenty-nine; I want a twenty-seven, okay, um, because I can design it." But my wife is five foot one and a bit, and she rides a twenty-nine er uh, okay tie bike. Um, you are limited, obviously, with the, the the carrying capacity inside the frame because the frame's a lot smaller. So a lot a lot of things are different. Um, when we but, but when we have... go bike packing, I carry everything. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Well, and that's that's the we, as in Graham and his and his darling wife. He's not going to get me. Um, actually, we need to have a bet because I, I just I can't imagine anything worse. And you keep telling me, oh, no, I yeah, love you're, it when you're we're coming bikepacking. Oh, everyone! I've just bought a van for this particular reason that I'm just following the van where it's lovely and toasty and warm with a diesel heater. But um, okay, so you're going to offer the range. What I want to kind of just jump to now is. Lots of people will have a bit of paper, some maybe design skill or a CAD thing. Um, I could even do that in my, my garage, far less impressive as cool, it is. Give it a but go. what the hell do you do next? Where do you take this design to get it made? Are we going to Japan? Are we going to Taiwan? Are we going... What, what, what happened? I'm fascinated by... Okay, well, first of, all, first of all, you've got to know how to design the thing in the first place. Oh, that's pilfering. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there's... <laughs> you know, where do you start? I'm sure there's an Apple Mac. Uh, there's an application <laughs> that just design your own bikes thing. Yeah, so, yeah. so what do you have to design it to the point where it is um, I'll, pro I'll, properly statistically... So when I, when I first did a design back in 90, well, uh, um, it was on paper and we did a mock-up and we produced something in this country and then we went to, a, to our chicken shed yeah, and we again drew everything up by hand on paper, and we did, and we built our bikes. Now things are different now because I want, I'm dealing with China now, so um, I can't run over to China every five minutes with another piece of paper. So what I do now is I use um, some software which I can get, I can work out geometry on. Okay. Um, I know I knew what I wanted in the first place, sort of geometry wise, angles wise, um, and then I basically sent that off to a factory. Sent all the measurements off on a on a um, by email, yeah. a drawing by email. That came back, and they went, "What? What's that?" Um, so anyway, they they made me uh, two prototypes. They came out and completely wrong, absolutely wrong. They didn't have a clue what I was talking about. Um, and they were they were in theory following the the well actually the the sophisticated design that the software produced. And, yeah. it, and it came back with... Well, no, no, no. no. I couldn't send them a CAD. I can't do Oh, CAD. okay, okay. So I had to physically draw CAD stuff. CAD being computer-aided design. Yeah. yeah. So I basically did all the basics, wrote some of that stuff down, explained to them, you know, this is a fat bike, and they didn't know what a fat bike was. So anyway, they the next stage was I said, well, this is wrong, this is wrong. So they then made four more frames, one of each size, and actually uh, photographed them in the factory with a tape and all the rest of it, checked everything. Bingo, we had it, second lot. They sent those over. Uh, we we basically said yes go uh, this was quite a while it took about a year and a so to do all this um and um eventually um oh yeah a friend of uh, slightly bike track how do you get a factory i think you mentioned yeah um i luckily have been around a while so know a lot of people and um there's one guy who i won't i won't actually mention but there's one guy who, who um is a sort of a go between okay so yeah. he's really really good at finding 
people factories um, and I happened to be put in touch with him and I thought oh yeah he's ideal so I to told him he said yeah try this factory blah 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 so that's basically how it works okay um, I gave him some commission on the order and all the rest of it and um, so I've been on my own ever since but it just gets you because it's very hard unless you're willing to fly out to Taiwan or China and and, 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 I'm, and I'm guessing you know even if you did that um actually and you're given factory tours by whatever else yeah, you I, i'm not sure by what measure you would decide one's better than the other yeah is it? for me it's always recommendation yeah you know you know what they've done before luckily i knew the guy who i was dealing with said well they've made this they've made that for this this company and that company i thought well obviously they're, they and know i suppose what they're there's, doing. there's a balance between if a factory's got capacity it's a bit like if you're looking for a builder and there's one with immediate availability you think mm. he must be a bit rubbish because mm. yeah surely surely they should be busy but um mm. okay so you're gonna you're gonna get this so you're designing now you're gonna get it made in china at a yeah. factory that you're you you know yeah you know well enough the so. next the next um stressful part <laughs> is you've got your design you've got your prototypes you've then got to place an order and the initial order was, oh, yes, you can have an order. Yeah, 400. Pl you have to, the minimum order is 400 frames. Woo! Um, now, I was obviously... Uh, is, that, is, that, sorry to drop, is that because they... I mean, from the it, has to fill a, it has to fill a container. It has to fill a container, and they're tooling up for one of a better, you know, less... Yes, not quite. Yes, obviously, they want some commitment from you, and they don't want to be making one frame, and they have to change everything again. Yeah. But um, to make it worthwhile... And to make the price worthwhile, you have to buy a lot. Yeah. So um, at this point, I was uh, working, obviously still running my bike shop in Gloucester. And um, so I only had a limited amount of money to, to invest in this. But anyway, we did it. And we managed to negotiate a half uh, container. Yeah. So a smaller container with 200. So we bit the bullet, paid up front, and then waited. And then, thank goodness... They turned up. They were all correct. Yeah. Um, we ordered them raw, no paint, because we wanted. That was the other thing. I've always been one for custom builds. So. Okay. Uh, the reason, slightly bike tracking, back tracking. The reason we do, I got into fat bikes in the first place was, um, there was an importer in the country, Ison Distribution, who were the salsa importer, and um, they were the ones that sent me a demo bike and got me hooked on fat bikes in the first place, and they were distributing salsa, and we were buying frames only and doing custom builds, yep. and they were X amount of money. And then, unfortunately, they lost the dealership, or they decided to stop it for various reasons, and it went to someone else, and the price doubled on the frames. So we thought, well, this is going to ruin our custom builds. Yeah. What the hell are we going to do? Blah, 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 blah. To cut a long story short, we made our own. Okay. So that's how we got into doing our own frames again. Obviously, I had previous experience of doing that. Um, so, yeah, so the custom side of it, we ordered all of the frames with no paint, straight from the factory, straight from the welders, raw. Yep. And it proved really, really popular. There's lots of frames around now, all different, all beautifully painted. Um, you can have, we've just actually managed to find some paint or some lacquer now that you can paint a raw frame with. It's just actually come onto the market because uh, normally you can't. It, it'll fall off. If you, if you lacquer a raw frame normally, it, it'll just peel off. Okay. It needs to have a key. So, uh, so, so these new, so this new bike, this new frame will be. Oh, that's titanium. Titanium. So yeah. effectively. So what you're going to do next? I don't want to sort of um, usurp your future. Mm. So your 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 web series, your your YouTube series about building it. We've got the first two episodes, etc. So um, when you're happy, when you make the decision about putting the rear rack on, for example, you yeah. know, what what do you do? You're then going to 
phone the guy and you know sort of are you going to have to sort of make make a big decision of right okay number of frames to get in and no this uh, is this is different to, like i say titanium we can do one-offs okay so, so i've only got to order more, one there's a lot of oh, that work cases they're, more, more they're a lot more expensive a lot more expensive um it's quite a commitment to get one made um but um obviously i want this frame for me so it's not quite so bad i've got things yeah. i can sort of sell on to to pay for it but I think uh, from what I'm gathering and the and the the popularity of bikepacking now, I think will be will this will be quite a popular frame. It, it, it's well, do you know what? It, it's I said earlier, it's a brand new world to me, and I hadn't realised. You kind of you know a lot of the 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 Insta famous people are mm. doing the Great Divide and doing or trekking for eight hundred miles across Alaska type thing, mm. but I hadn't realised how popular it was in the uk i mean mm. both because yes there are lots of bike packing routes in the uk mm. but also of course people here get their bike get their gear get their setup and then go abroad with it mm. there, there is a number of routes um you know across europe and, and southern spain there's a gorgeous one i looked at a few years ago to do i can't remember um san sebastian sort of region it's mm. like a pilgrimage area mm. and that looks absolutely fantastic so so people here could be getting their bike getting their setup Yep. So you can do them to order. So when do you expect or hope, if you ever make a decision about this rear rack, <laughs> when, so, when, when technically could be, because you've got a brand new website as well, which I wanted yep. to highlight. So the brand new, what's the website address? Smokestonebikes.co.uk. Fantastic. So people can head over there. Can they have a look at this new design? When, when is it going to be unveiled? It'll be unveiled in, the sp in probably February, I would say. Hopefully in February. February, January, February. So people can see it there and, and then can effectively buy it from yeah. from yeah. you. Roughly, what do you hope the lead time to be when people sort of say that's the bike? At for the me. moment, currently, it's three months. Okay, that's not too yeah. bad then. Yeah. So we're still in this world of yeah. um, God knows whether that ship with the billion containers on it is still trying to turn around in the Suez Canal or anything. But the determining yeah. factor with me is basically the factory that I use is an extremely good factory, yeah. and other people have, have found it and are starting to use it. <clears throat> so their demand's gone up. So unless I order lots and lots and lots of frames, I'm still in the three month area. Are you considering doing pre-orders? I do. Um, we do do. Um, we do do a sort of pre-order. This this like I say. Apologies, this... listeners, for the amount of doo-doos on this show. <laughs> we... <laughs> Sorry, that's, I'm... <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. The um. So technically, when it when it's live, people could you could take pre-orders in order, uh, and actually, it could be exciting. It could be you know you get ten, fifteen, twenty yeah. pre-orders. Yeah. And, yes, and that yes, would enable absolutely. you to then go right. Okay, let's let's place a bigger order. I mean, if we if we can do that, then obviously we can retrospectively give some people some money off. So I mean, if we can decrease the price even better. Currently, the frames all sell for nineteen hundred, okay. one thousand nine hundred, and that includes whatever you. If you want to change anything, it's still in the price. Um, you can have anything custom. We've we've done custom geometry. We've done custom mounts. Um, Frames are internally routed, which is guided, which is really, really good. Oh, it's internal cable routing. Yeah. Love it. Uh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and it's guided, so it's no faffing around with bits of pipe. And... Yeah, okay. So so when people come to, to all this, so, so your vision for having this bike, and I know you said you, you designed it for you, is actually, I know people like being custom, but is there going to be a, look, this is the bike. Oh, yeah, if yeah. you don't change anything, yeah. so it's going to come with um, what, what drive, the drivetrain, what you choose, or, or whatever components you the actual, uh, as far as complete bikes go, the only thing we can offer complete are, at the moment, actually it's getting a lot better now, gears-wise, but um, we did go down offering complete bikes, but everybody wanted to change it. And be because you're building a custom, <coughs> excuse me, because you're building a custom bike, we decided to start off with a frame. 
So you buy your frame, and if you want it custom, we start talking about. Okay, so your expectation is. I mean, what do you think people will buy the frame and the forks off you as a package? Yeah, that that'll be. Yeah. Um, and the wheel set. I mean, do people typically have a? I suppose a twenty nine er wheel set. Well, we're now offering our own rim. If you're going to run twenty nine, we are probably going to offer our own t uh, fat bike rim as well. Um, but say, if you want the the rim, we can build the wheels. We always. 99.9 percent .9%, well actually 100 percent of the time we use hope hubs yeah uh, we use hope components on all of our complete builds just because it's super reliable it's british you can get all the parts to ever forever in a day um this so is this works. is important so i've got to interrupt this is an important warning to all listeners if graham <laughs> if graham graham is a i know where you're going with graham this. is a sneaky bugger uh, and i and i because when he said i'm i'm building your new wheels which he which he did for my fat bike I said oh oh the the Hope Hubs, we've got some purple in, and I love purple. Um, and little did I know, it was basically the drug dealer at the school gates enticing me in. Because <laughs> what you mean? Once I'd bought, once I'd seen these awesome wheels with the with the purple Hope Hubs, his shop has now sold me every other bloody purple Hope component that's even <laughs> going. Like they they just phone me as soon as it comes in. But so the Hope. I'm only thinking of your image. I, I, that's very kind of you. The Hope components are wonderful. <clears throat> like you say, they're British made. they they've got a, a tremendous reputation. So this bike is really not that far away. We're, we're in October now, hmm. so you're going to make this decision on the rear rack. You've kind of got the... You're going to get... How many... You're going to get a couple shipped over, or they, they're then made to order, available via the website. Hmm. There's possibly going to be a pre-order option, yep. which could be a discount, possibly. Yep. You heard it here first. You know, for pre-orders, because yep. you can actually then bulk up your order. Yep. Um, this is hugely exciting. Hmm. So what's, what's the next stage? Um, get the order sent off. Get so the really drawings finalised. Just send it off, and then uh, we do other bikes as well, and we're still we're still selling other bikes. Um, but like I say, get this one in the pipeline. I think this will probably fill a gap. <coughs> Excuse me. We do we we at the moment sell fat bikes, which tend to get used for bike packing or tend to get used for this, yeah. that, and the other. This will be a specific bike packing frame, and then uh, yeah, say we're still selling fat bikes all the time i've got to say your analogy when we first started this about fishing is a really clever one because i was just sort of thinking about that and actually yes you can technically go fishing with a bamboo pole with a bit of strip but yeah and actually you've got a whole range of up to but fundamentally if you've got the right tool for the job it makes it more yeah, enjoyable I mean, it's, yeah. you know you're not solving problems or, or yeah. having to fudge solutions well at the moment you know the way the world is at the moment and this is the other thing i'm quite a I'm quite a stickler for buying stuff and keeping it, yeah. Rather than having a new bike every year and throwing the last one away, um, so it, the the things that I fit to the bike and the and the bike itself, uh, titanium is a bike for life. Um, yes, you can get a crack in a in a weld or something like that if the weld's not done correctly, but we haven't had anything yet. Yeah, um, it's super reliable. There is a warranty on the frame, um, but um, yeah, everything we use, we try to use stuff that's that's here for quite some time and is fixable. I'm a bike mechanic at heart, so I look at everything from a mechanic's point of view. Um, but fundamentally, the, the whole the whole sort of the footprint, you know, carbon footprint and, and sort of the ecologically responsibility. If you've got something that's actually going to last a lifetime, yeah, it, it, you know, and it is sustainable. Actually, you are you are ticking an awful lot of boxes. Of it's not a throwaway. It, yeah. It's the frame can be moved. You've got different wheel sets for different um, you know, yeah. jobs you want it to do. I think it's I think it sounds fantastic, and it's yeah. uh, I can't wait to follow more. Order uh, one, order one. Can't wait to order one. You say, if you make a bloody full sus one, I'm your first customer, <laughs> mate. I've told you that a number of times. <laughs> 
Um, guys, thank you so much to Graham. I thought that was absolutely fascinating. Please, please go to his YouTube channel because Graham's going to continue to do this series uh, on YouTube uh, about his design process. It's fascinating. Um, and when the builds come in, we can follow his progress. The website, just to remind you, is smokestone.co.uk. Uh, and finally, um, I hope Smokestone you enjoyed... Bikes. Smokestone, Smokestone Bikes. Smokestone Bikes. God, that was almost professional. <laughs> All, I've got my arms folded. I'm kind of like summing it up. You know, Graham's looking at me with the way that... Actually, Graham looks at me the way that my dog watches me when I mow the lawn. You're calling me a dog? No, yeah, like <laughs> just sort of like bemused fascination. It's kind of good. But um, hey, look, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm going to do a separate podcast with Graham about all about fat bikes. Uh, because he, he is the, the great authority on that. Um, but if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe, share it, tell your mates about it. And if you can hit the notification, you'll get informed when the next podcast is up and about. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.